You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Curry, 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 curry. Other guards should worry, throw jumpers up in a hurry, cross over looking blurry, get to the rack in a fury, 30K, dirty, hitting my threes in a flurry, aches in the shot, I need Murray, Florida so soft that it's furry, three point, scurry, missing some talent, now worry, 30K, dirty, extra pack, spursy, don't ever call me Steph Curry, jumper so wet as I'm slurry, saving the panic for Yuri. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, writer at MavsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by Isaac Harris, the editor of Smoky Cuban. Nick, do you have a label deal? <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. I, I didn't know if like you and Kanye did a collab yet or not. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that song was a, a parody that I made earlier this past year uh, about Seth Curry, obviously. And since we are talking about Seth Curry, I figured it was fitting that we use that as our intro today. So uh, nobody tell anybody that we're using the Panda song without permission. So Yeah, we're about to get jacked. <laughs> no, I found that on like a, uh, a karaoke thing. So it's not like, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> it's not like they're going to come after me. So, all right, we are talking about Seth. We're, we're moving forward in our, our going forward series that we're doing right now so and and we're only doing seth because his situation is very interesting and and the house how the mavericks view seth really um indicates how this team is gonna move going forward right i mean if you if you look at seth it's like if we're gonna keep him it's one thing if we're gonna get rid of him it's a completely other thing and you can say that for a lot of players but this is i think this is bigger than than just like if we stick if we keep or get rid of Devin harris right oh yeah it's huge I mean, Seth kind of had his breakout best – I mean, he did his best season of his career so far. And it's kind of weird because he's not – you know, he's not 22. He's not 23. He's 26. Yeah. So he's at this age of his career to where he had just one good season. And now Dallas has to decide, is just – was this a fluke? Is this the tip of the iceberg? Is it – you know, what is it? Is he a six-man? Is he a starting two-guard? Is he a starting one? What you know, there's so many questions around what he could be, and Dallas has to decide pretty quick. I think, you know, what to do with it. Yeah, and he's he's a uh, kind of an older 26 too. Like he's going to turn uh, 27 in August. So before the season starts, he'll be 27. And uh, his salary going forward, I mean, he has the best. It's it's uh, it's arguably this year the best contract in the NBA, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely up there. For sure. I mean, at what, three million or three point something? Yeah, three mil- three million next year, and that's it. It's just, it's a guaranteed deal. And then after that, he's an unrestricted free agent. And uh, the Mavericks have to try to figure out what they're going to do with him. Uh, his stats this year he averaged just about 13 points, uh, two and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, a steal, and less than one and a half turnovers uh, per game. And he shot 48% from the field, 42% from three, which was a among the league league leaders in the NBA at 85% from the line. And, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a decent stat line. And, uh, but he had a stretch and this is, this is my, my case for keeping him is, uh, he's only played, he's only played 48 games before this past season. This this season he played 70 games. He started 42 of those. Uh, he was kind of thrust into the role. And the conversation at the beginning of the season was where are we going to find minutes for Seth Curry? And, People were saying, like, well, we have Darren Williams, we have J.J. Barea, Devin Harris, you have, you know, all these guys. Like, Wes Matthews is going to play two guard now. Like, where are we going to find minutes for Seth Curry? And I was like, 
Well, obviously he's going to fit into the Darren, the uh, Raymond Felton role from last, from the season before last, and uh, get some minutes like that. But then all of a sudden he was just thrust into the starting lineup, a lot like Yogi was, <laughs> but you know, given an even bigger role. Um, yeah. Yeah, because because the news came out, I forget it was one of those main guys got hurt. It was either Darren or Wes. It was something through there. No, 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 no. It was Dirk. It was during the, the whole Dirk injury thing. Yeah, and, and they shifted everybody up. They shifted everyone up, and you know, news came out and said, "Hey, they're going to start Seth Curry tonight." And we're like, "Whoa, like, okay, what? <laughs> yeah, kind of cool," and kind of throwing him in there. And, but it was always this whole thing, and you kind of wondered all your year long who who's going to start and get the minutes when everyone is healthy yeah because we barely had that point when everyone is healthy because that would have really brought some discussion and debates on who's going to start who's going to sit we saw it kind of towards the end when they when everybody kind of got healthy in the backcourt and yogi was just like a no-show yeah (laughs) and then they kind of put him in there a little sporadically he got pushed to like the third point guard and you know just like totally wasn't seen for a while yeah and it's not like he got – he didn't get, like, DNPs, but he, you know, played a lot less minutes than he was playing. Well, starting to, like, third, you know, on the roster, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. So there was this, there's a stretch during the season. This is the case for keeping Seth Curry, where he was starting. Uh, he was basically given the, the majority of the, of the load on offense. His usage percentage wasn't much higher. Well, I'll mention that. It was a 20-game stretch, and uh, – he was averaging 18 points, three and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, a steal, and he's shooting 51% from the floor, 47% from three, and 94% from the line in just 33 minutes. And all of that with, with under two turnovers per game. So people compare him to his brother a lot, but he wasn't turning the ball over as much as Steph does. Uh, and his usage percentage on the season was just about 19 and his usage percentage in that stretch was 22. So it's not like he was doing a ton more. He wasn't like Joel Embiid, Russell Westbrook, 40% usage. Like, you know, he wasn't like taking completely taking over the game in that sense and hogging the ball. But but uh, that is a, that is an awesome stretch. Like, if he can stretch that even farther, you know, to even like a, a 40 game, you know, 50 game stretch, that's a, that's a good season. Yeah, I mean that that's the whole key to really everything. You know, was was that just a stretch? Or is that who he's going to become? And because that was the talk in the media room, you know, amongst us reporters in the press box of like, hashtag okay, this is you know, hashtag we the media. And that, you know, like, wow, what a stretch Seth Curry is on. And then it reached a point where is this a stretch or is this just who he is now? And yeah. that's where, you know, the organization has to decide this summer was that a stretch? Or is that him becoming who he is? And that's kind of what we're debating on this pod right now. So, and you are on the side of saying we should we should sell high on Seth Curry right now. Okay, so here's my one thing. I'm saying this with the preface of if Dallas, if the organization is sold on him becoming our starting point guard, if, if he is going to be our point guard next year and they want him to be that for years to come, then keep him, pay him the money, and say, let's go. If you're not, then I think it opens up a whole different plethora of options because he has the three million coming this for this coming season, and then he's unrestricted free agent. If he has another season like he did this year, then are you ready? Is Dallas ready? Are you comfortable paying Seth Curry fifteen, eighteen, twenty million? Because if Tyler Johnson can get twenty million thrown at him from Brooklyn, Seth Curry can. 
You know, somebody's going to yeah. throw him a decent sized contract. And if you're Dallas, my whole thing is that his his value right now is the highest it's ever been, and he's on a, a you know a three million dollar contract. So if you're not sold on him being a starting one or a starting two, if you you still don't know, you know, entertain it. You know, now now's the time because the the time just keeps ticking to the trade deadline. And if you, you it starts off rocky and he's playing two, you got a point that's really good, and it's like what happens to Wes Matthews and you know, you don't have it really kind of settled before the trade deadline, Yeah. then his value just goes down, and then you could lose him for nothing. So that's my whole thing with it is, you know, am I comfortable? So you're asking me, am I comfortable with paying Seth Curry $18 million a year over the course of four years to be a un, an undersized two-guard or possibly come off the bench? No. Am I comfortable paying that to be our starting point guard? Yeah, I am. So – it's kind of like best case, you know, scenario. Best case scenario is he going to be like a CJ McCollum, or is his ground like a Lou Williams? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, completely. And the uh, the comparison that uh, that comes up, you're saying all these guys get this these big contracts, and if you look at uh, Alan Crabb's stats from last season, so the 2015-16 season. And you look at Seth Curry's from from this past season; they're very similar, <laughs> very very similar. Um, mm. Seth was even a little bit better than him. And Alan Crabb, you know, famously got nineteen million dollars a year from the uh, the Portland the Portland. We spend a lot of money on bad free agents, trailblazers. And uh, yeah, and and look where Portland's at now. Yeah, they're openly saying we want to dump one of these contracts at the price of one of our first round picks and. The, yeah. the difference between Alan Crabb and Seth Curry was is, is Alan Crabb was 23 that year. Seth Curry was 26 last year, and uh, you can I think you can use Seth's age almost against him <laughs> because we, we, you know we mentioned when we talk about Nerlens Noel that we almost use age as another indication of this player is good. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't necessarily just look at a player in, in a vacuum on like 2K for one game. You look at them for the entire course of their career and you we value younger players way more than we value an older player like Seth. That's why we even bring up his age to begin with. Yeah. And uh so we can almost use Seth I mean, I think that Mavericks can use his age sort of against him because I don't think he's going to be as as hot a commodity uh, if he was, you know, like you said 23 or 22 or something like that like Alan Crabb was. That's true. I still think he gets a big contract offer from somebody, though. Yeah, but do you think he's going to get twenty, nineteen million? I guess it depends on what he does this year. Yeah, I mean, let's just say he keeps he has a season like he did last year. You know, pretty steady, okay. You know, whatever. I would not surprise me one bit if Brooklyn came calling saying, "Hey, we'll hand you sixteen million a year," and then you're looking at a situation like, I mean, how much money are you going to pay? So if you're going to commit to that, then if you're going to pay him that much, then he's going to be your two or one. So which one is that going to be? And one I'm comfortable with, but that's when it just gets into like, if you're going to, if you're going to buy in, this is why when I did my piece on, it's the fork in the road, it's left or right. Then you need, Dallas needs to make the decision now. And if you're going to make that decision for Curry, then you need to draft based off that. You need to make the, you know financial choices like Wes Matthews, looking at trading him so you have money next offseason to pay Curry because you don't want to do all this and then leave, losing for nothing. Yeah. So it's just, uh, I don't know, it, it's a weird situation. It's kind of, you talk among media, you see different people, and 
people have different opinions on him and is he going to turn out is this the tip of the iceberg or is is he a six man because i lean more towards a jason terry lou williams that's what i think he could be and i'm just not comfortable paying 18 17 16 million to you know dollars for a guy like that but if he's going to be a jason terry he was arguably the second best player on a championship team <laughs> you know like yeah i mean I, that's kind I of do. a stretch because that was a, just a different scenario altogether. But yeah, but in today's, I wouldn't. I mean, that was just a unique Mavs team. Like, I wouldn't say. I don't think franchisers are out there saying, "Let's look at that 2011 Mavs team and let's build a team like that." Yeah, you, you know. Well, you just can't find anybody else like Dirk. You know. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's completely true. And so, but if you're gonna, you know, you know, it comes down to like. What if Malik Monk is there? You know, we, we talked about this before. What if Malik yeah. Monk's there at, at nine? You don't want to draft him and Curry. That, you know, but if you're telling me who would you rather have, I'll ask you. Who would you rather have right now going forward, Seth Curry or Malik Monk? Ooh. Uh, probably Malik Monk. Yeah. I mean, you lean to because Monk's what, 20? Yeah. And Actually, definitely, definitely Malik Monk because – he, you know, is almost like Seth Curry. He hasn't really shown his full potential because those Kentucky guys are, are always stretched thin, you know what I mean, where they don't get to show the entirety of their skills. Like Devin Booker, we didn't know that he could, you know, handle the ball and, you know, kind of play some point, and all of a sudden he comes in and scores 70 points in a game. Yeah, and Monk has like a 40-something-inch vertical. And yeah. you got him, and contract-wise, you got in him locked length. in at that, that rookie scale. So that's why I'm saying if it comes down to that and – you know, if you had to pick over Monk or Curry, but if you're sold on Curry being your next point guard, then you pass on Monk. You don't want to, because you're going to have to pay Curry a big chunk. But can I throw some Curry trades at you if that, if they did entertain it? Of course. Okay, so we kind of texted about this yesterday. Locked on podcast. We're doing this mock draft that's going to come out sometime in the next couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, way to tease. Way to tease that. <sighs> way to tease a little bit. And they said that each, you know, each pod host, each one of us have you know, control of our, you know, quote unquote franchise and we can make trades with other teams. And so I, Nick and I, we were here, we're texting. And I said, what about us offering Philly at three offering Seth Curry, our ninth pick in our 2018 first rounder. And to Philly for the third, the third, to overall Philly pick. For, the, for the third overall pick in this draft and to, to get Fox. And so you know, you're giving up Curry, obviously, which I think Curry and Philadelphia would be a perfect fit. Yeah, completely. Philly gets the nice pick still, and then they get our 2018 first. It's a lot. And you told me, we talked about it, you know, last night. You're like, man, that's, I don't think I would do it if I was Dallas. That's a lot to give up. Yeah, because this is a franchise that doesn't have a ton of assets, and you're giving up three of probably the biggest assets that they've had in the last, you know, like five years, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you would be banking on, in my mindset, I'm saying, okay, we might lose Seth for nothing. We don't know really what position he's playing right now. So for me, Seth is kind of, okay, put him to the side. I'm giving up my 2018 first to basically move up to get De'Aaron Fox. And for me, I think Fox is a complete game changer. And I'm looking, hey, Fox, Barnes, Nerlens, moving forward, future, all this stuff. But I'll throw at you another one. What if we called Orlando up? and said Seth Curry in the ninth for the fifth pick. Orlando desperately needs shooting. Yeah. So at five, what are you getting? Maybe Fox? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, so if Fultz and Ball go one, two, then you're looking at Fox, Josh Jackson, you know, 
any of those any of those guys, Jonathan Isaac, if you're really sold on him, Tatum, you kind of any of those guys through there, Malik Monk, if you you really love him. Yeah, so so, so we both would take Monk over Curry. So if they go if they do that, then they take Monk and basically you upgrade by giving away the ninth pick. <laughs> or, or you know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. But I mean like if you move up Let's say you know you do that on draft night, and let's say Fox is there at five, or let's say Josh Jackson is there is, is there at five. Yeah, I mean Seth Curry in the ninth to move up to get one of those two guys. I mean it's doable. I'm just saying if this is what it comes to Curry, I think if you're not sold on Curry, then you need to entertain it now instead of hey let's let this. Because I was texting with some guys the other day, and they're like, let's just wait till the trade deadline. His value might be higher. And I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. He's going to be a free agent coming yeah, up. Yeah, right. And we've seen that, that come and go. Yeah, but, now's the time. So, but we've also seen guys like like Serge Ibaka. He's a free agent, and, and we're going to see him. You know, he got traded at the trade deadline, and that's uh, true. You know, like we, we've seen guys like that get traded because they think that that you know the team can the team thinks that they can keep him. Um, yeah, I I'm way higher on Seth Curry than you are. I I'm a believer in Seth Curry, and you know who's who else is a believer in Seth Curry? Who? Seth Curry, <laughs> because I think the Mavericks, and this is just my total, complete, you know, writer speculation, is that I think they've they've talked about contract extension, and I think he wants no part of that. I think he wants to do another year. He wants to Joe Flacco it, and he wants to prove himself and, you know, put everything on the line and say, all right, I'm going to get this one big contract, so I'm going to do everything I can next year to, you know, to be as good as I can be, because it, the the position is pretty much wide open for him right now. Oh, and I mean, he definitely does not lack the confidence because no. when I did that piece during his streak, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this piece on his confidence growing. And I asked Carlisle in the press conference, I said, hey, where do you see or how have you seen Seth's confidence grow since day one in Dallas? And his first response is he kind of looks at me and says, Seth's never had a confidence problem. He's always <laughs> had that. <laughs> and it's like kind of this key to like, I think he borderlines that cocky confidence line yeah. pretty thin. And, uh, but yeah, he's a believer in himself. And, and like I said, like, I'm not a Seth hater. No. If he's going to be our one, if he's going to be our point. I love it. Like sign me up. I think that's great. But if we're undecided and we don't know, you're, you're going to have to pay for him. So, so I think the, the best case scenario for Seth Curry is he, he plays two and, uh, he is paired with a Frank Nielakina type where it's a bigger point guard that can defend really well, could defend either position and even some threes he can defend. Uh, he's a good spot up shooter and uh, Seth can basically sort of run the offense and Nielakina can play off ball and they both, they do both. They'll do a little bit of both. So it's sort of a utility type point guard. There's not a ton of them in the NBA, but I think yeah. if, if you do yeah. that, I think that would be an awesome fit. You know, a, a point guard though, that we're getting, that is getting a lot of you know attention to Dallas. That is not a good fit. That you Dennis love. That you... no, no. Oh yeah. Dennis Smith, like Dennis Smith, would not. I, I, for me, like it would be nice because Dennis Smith can penetrate and can kick out to Curry. But as far as the both of a small backcourt together, yeah. I love what you said about Nilakina. Like that would be a great. I mean, they could both play off each other. That that would yeah. be awesome. But with Curry, with his size, you do need a. You would have to have a, a Wes Matthews, somebody at the three, and you would need a somebody. Like, I mean, Fox and Curry would work. That would be that would work just fine. I thought you were gonna. But, I thought you were gonna say Donovan Mitchell because you love Donovan Mitchell. Oh, I love Donovan Mitchell, and yeah. I think they I would mean, be a good good pair as well. If Mitchell can play point, Mitchell's like kind of like 
uh, Curry of this draft. Like, if he can play point, then sign me up any day. But that's but the thing. He, that's the thing. He wouldn't. They would. They would both be like hybrids. And Carlisle loves these hybrid types. They can play both. You know what I mean? And they, he would play them at the same time. Yeah, he would. But you have to have somebody to kind of run the show a little bit. Though. And Seth can do that. We've we've seen that this year that he can do that. I hope full time. I hope. It wouldn't have to be full-time. That's what I'm saying. You would have somebody else to kind of take the load off of him every once in a while. Like, Donovan can take some some possessions. Seth can take some possessions. It's not completely on them. But when the game's, like, on the line, you can give it to Seth. Yeah, I see that. But we we also had, like, Darren Williams. And then we had Jason Kidd. You know, we've had these, like, point guards that Carlisle likes to trust instead of running, like, a dual system yeah. kind of. It, well, it's just a, it's a different era now. <laughs> I mean, you're – Because you got Steph. Like, you got Steph in Golden State, but he's countered by Clay. And Clay can, you know, take on the defensive roles and all that stuff. You look at Portland, and what's what's the whole talk of Portland right now? What can they do holy with those crap. two guards? Holy, holy crap, we got to split them up. What can we do? We can't, you know, can't move farther. So that that's my only fear of have we seen it? And I could be wrong. If you listen and you want to shoot this at, shoot me at Twitter. Say, hey, this is a, a too small, smaller backcourt that is working perfectly fine that I'm just blanking on. I'm not thinking of, but. Two, it's interesting. Two guards that are smaller that are both working together. Uh, I don't, I, not like that are elite because you look at like John Wall and Bradley Beal. Neither of those guys are small. Yeah, uh, Beal's you have, tall. You have Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley. Bradley's not like 6'5", but it's a little different. But we're talk, but, the, but the whole talk with that is how can they hide Isaiah? I mean, right, we heard Bill right. Simmons talk for 15,000 weeks about <laughs> how they're trying to hide Isaiah on defense. And I just don't want that problem. You know, like, yeah, I would love to have Isaiah, but you know, in a perfect world, you want somebody that can play defense too, which Seth can. Seth can play defense. Yeah. That no, was, don't get me wrong. if we're going to, if we're talking about what's the biggest thing that surprised me about Seth Curry is his defense. Like I did not expect him to be, he's not a plus defender, but he's also not a huge negative either. He's not like, you know, James Harden when he doesn't care, <laughs> you know, he's, he's more on like, a, he's pretty pretty solid defender, really active hands, caused a lot of turno- turnovers that I saw at least, um, and just played pretty well and can, can guard. And he, he he'll take on anybody too. He's not he's not gonna be scared because he's guarded a two time MVP his entire life. <laughs> yeah, it's true, and that's what he was always praised for that too. Carlisle would always say that yeah. practice after the game, saying, "Hey, his defense has been great." To the point that I think Carlisle wanted to make that, you know, apparent. Like he he really focused on wanting to say that and and call that out of him publicly yeah you know true and i don't agree sometimes i think we think too much of this because we hear from these guys all the time and we're like man he always says he always talks about his defense like even if even if it's not provoked like even if it's not brought up by us hashtag we the media carlisle would bring (laughs) up his defense so i'm like does he have like something else he's trying to you know encourage him or if he's trying to like bring it out in him you know like yeah i don't know thinking too much of it all right well I think in the end, I think they keep Seth for this whole year and see just see where it goes. I mean, they they flacco it. <laughs> they see, you know, they give it a year to to see what it's like, and um, yeah. And I love I love him on the team. It's just, it's great. It gives us something interesting to watch. It's you know something different that we haven't really seen in Dallas a ton. Hey, I'll say this: I'll be totally fine with handing him money like Flacco if we win that championship like <laughs> Flacco did. <laughs> and then if he ends up. Afterwards, just t- just totally going in the tank like Flacco, just totally not being. Hey, get off my boy Joe! I'm a diehard. <laughs> Ra- I'm a diehard Ravens fan. Are you really? 
I have, yeah, my stepmom growing up, she was from Baltimore. And so I've been a just Ravens everything in my whole life. And so I love Joe. Joe is is awesome. So I just, I went to go see John Mulaney. Uh, He's a stand up comedian that wrote for SNL. I went to go see him in San Antonio a couple weekends ago. And uh, he has this huge long joke about him and Ray Lewis. And it is hilarious. And so when his special comes out, it's called Kid Gorgeous. You have to watch it because he talks all about Ray Lewis and, and, uh, half the audience knew who Ray Lewis was before and half of them didn't. And so as he's going through this joke, it's like Ray Lewis is encouraging him and like building him up and like doing what Ray Lewis yeah. does and convincing him to uh, get a juicer and like only eat beet juice and like, all this stuff. <laughs> it's awesome. As oh, long man. as he talks good about Ray, then I'm fine. Uh, yeah, it's a great joke. It's, it's, it's really okay. good. So, all right, we're going to do, uh, to end, to end the show today, we're going to do a new segment that we might do every day. We might just do once a week. We might just do whenever it comes up. Uh, so it's called the Satnam shame. Shame, shame, shame. Shame on you. And it's not because we're ashamed of Satnam. It's just because Satnam would be ashamed of all these things that are, that we're going to bring up. <laughs> and also it's an alliteration and we like alliterations. So, <laughs> Uh, the Satnam Shame of the Week, uh, I'm going to bring one, Isaac's going to bring one, and you guys can tweet us all these. Is It's a person on social media, so that's either Facebook or anything. Facebook, Twitter, if you guys see an Instagram comment, screenshot it. If you see a weird Snapchat, uh, take a screenshot of it and send it to us on Twitter. Uh, somebody that proposes a really awful trade, a really awful just suggestion, just something that they should totally be ashamed of, and we'll give you some examples. So this week is... Uh, from mine is from the Mavs Nation Facebook page that is probably where this is going to come from most of the time because they're just some of the worst takes in the world on that group. It, I love reading through it just to see what fans think and, and all that, and I think it's a great place for tons of MFFLs. There's, there's like 20,000 people in this group. <laughs> and uh, so there's this one guy. His name's Cordell Bowser. And back, back on May 24th, he posted this, and it has like – over a hundred comments on it. Like all these people just wailing on him. Uh, he said, this is my realistic starting five for next season. He says, center, Nerlens Noel. Fine. Understood. Power forward, Paul Millsap. Actually, he just says Millsap. I'm assuming it's Paul, but it could be Elijah Millsap. We don't know. We don't know what he actually meant. He, Paul Millsap. And it put in quotes, free agency after that. So assuming that we would get Paul Millsap in free agency. Small forward, Harrison Barnes shooting guard and this is where it gets even worse De'Aaron Fox and he said <laughs> the, the avenue to get De'Aaron Fox would be to trade Wes Matthews and the ninth pick for the fifth pick from the Kings which is not a terrible trade but then to, to then to take Fox and put him at two is just awful and then <laughs> point guard Jeff Teague via free agency also he just said Teague this could be Marquis Teague I don't know if I don't know if he's a super big fan of the Teague family but uh, Marcus, Jeff Teague as a point guard, which that starting lineup doesn't make any sense. Also, you're probably wondering where's Dirk Nowitzki. Well, he clarifies that later in the post. He said, "Bench, Dirk, Salamejri, Yogi, Dorian Finley Smith, not Finney Smith. He threw the L in there. Finley Smith. Yes, yes. And then Roberson. So I'm assuming it's Andre Roberson. And he said, "Quote via free agency." So we got Andre Roberson coming off the bench for us that we just randomly picked up. Then, so, uh, like, are we are we handing Roberson like the mid level <laughs> and saying okay, so he's not going to match with it. this cap sheet? We're handing him like we're handing him like a washer and dryer unit to come play for Dallas because the Mavericks have no money left after this. <laughs> then uh, Curry, he doesn't clarify who Curry is, so I'm assuming it's Seth on the bench. 
Dwight Powell, uh, then Liggins, and he says, "quote added from Cavs at the end of season." I'm glad he had to clarify that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you like, for that. And then Bowser. he said, "We'll cut Devin Harris, JJ Barea, and Brusino." And then after that, after all that, after all that garbage, he said in all caps, "What y'all think?" With four, <laughs> with four uh, question marks afterwards. So that well, yeah. is my Sotnam shame. Cordell Bowser, you should be ashamed. That is a terrible <laughs> offseason plan. He could, man, he kind of sounds like, like the Knicks GM. <laughs> <laughs> I will post that screenshot on Twitter. Uh, so go to at Nick Van Exit and then uh, tweet us. And let's let's do the hashtag Sotnam shame. Uh, how about that? S-A-T-A Sotnam. I'll do it in the tweet. Because the, fact, the fact that you have to spell one of our second round draft picks shows you that how bad, bad of a pick it was. He's, he's never played an NBA game, so. <laughs> All right, let me throw you mine. I have a trade also. So <laughs> these are always fun. I love trades. And the fun part about this, this segment is I think people are realistically thinking that we can pull some of these off. Yeah, like I really think that he thinks that we can trade Matthews in the ninth for the fifth pick, which I think is realistic, but. Then just to put yes, so too. everyone everyone right now has their gears turning on what can Wes Matthews and the ninth pick get you. Yeah. So I'm going to throw at you two trades that was recommended on Twitter that, man, like Donnie's working the phones right now, okay? And if he can pull <laughs> these off. So the first one is Jared at Jared Luth. Jared, my boy. My boy, my, my, my boy offers, my boy says, Man, Wes Matthews in the ninth pick for Porzingis. <laughs> Phil, pick up that phone. Let's do this deal. Because that, I don't know. And that, that's a lot, though. That's a lot to give up for Porzingis. Jared, you're the man for, <laughs> for asking if that could, could work. Um, it's not. So I hate to burst your bubble. But, uh, so but what, what was he responding to? The tweet he was responding to I think might be worse. <laughs> what was it it was uh from at all underscore things underscore mavs so all things mavs um is this the, my other trade idea this was With this was the, the tra- yeah 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 that one that's the tweet he was responding to yes so at underscore things underscore mavs he offered one maybe even better <laughs> and it is featuring a player in the finals right now Ooh, is it zaza and, Ooh, not zaza <laughs> and it's not javel but it's a guy that everyone was talking about yeah. last night yep. and got everybody you know, talking on, okay, he could be traded. So things, you know, underscore things, underscore Mavs says, what about Wes Matthews and the ninth pick for Clay Thompson? <laughs> and he put it to a vote. He put it to a vote and said, what, like, would you do this as, as the Mavericks? Like, obviously, like, yes. What? What would you do that if you're if you're the Mavericks? How yes. long would Cuban think about that? Not long. If yeah, if if, uh, what if would Jerry Bob West, if, if Jerry if, West if and, uh, and Myers, if Bob Myers is calling up Donnie Nelson and Cuban's there, and and you can hear Jerry West on the other side of the phone, all disgruntled because he didn't get to go back to the Lakers. <laughs> you hear Mike. <laughs> oh man so there you go those are the Sotnam shames so go ahead and tweet us hashtag Sotnam shame and uh we'll do some of these and we'll we'll give you a shout out if you uh give us a really good one so go ahead and uh, just retweet it to us quote to us 
Uh, send us screenshots because there's just some really bad stuff floating around right now, and it's really funny. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us again. We'll be back uh, back on Monday. So this is the uh, this is uh, actually I know this podcast is going Monday, huh? Yeah, this is dropping Monday morning. Dropping Monday morning. So we are we're back. <laughs> We're back from the weekend. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much, guys. Go ahead and go to MavsFanatic.com. Also, Smoking Cuban. Uh, follow me and Isaac at Nick Van Exit and at Isaac Harris NBA. Isaac with two A's. And uh, yeah, thanks so much, guys. He's out. 30K, one leg, fading like dirty. Extra pass, sorry to say that it's Spurs. He's still going over, call me Steph Curry. Jumper so wet, it's not slurry. Saving the panic, just go like I'm Yuri. Shim got you around, you dermy.